welcome to the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Roundtree. Today, I have a special guest and an awesome testimony. It's of a young man who had a long struggle with pornography. There was frustration. He came to the place of being hopeless, but a hero stepped in and helped set him free. So listen to it and enjoy. Thank you for joining the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I hope you're having a great day. I have a special guest, a wonderful guy. His name is Joshua Hoyos, and he lives in the Charlotte metropolitan area. He's married to his wife, Sarah, and has one son right now. And me and him actually go to the same church. He has amazing testimony of how Jesus set him free from pornography. So today we're going to go through a story. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and how Jesus set him free. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to be here. Cool. You got your coffee now? I do. Saturday morning with coffee and Jesus. Yep. Cool. So I want to just say this. You know, as we get before we get into your testimony, you actually have a YouTube channel. So, do you mind just telling people, uh, you know, after the fact, if they want to go and find, you know, the full length of your testimony, we're not, probably not going to fit all of it in mm-hmm. in this episode. And then you have some teachings more about that. Mm-hmm. Where can they go find that? Well, um, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find it under J7. So, the letter J, uh, number seven. Uh, studios. Um, there's another channel that has the identical name, but that channel has been defunct for a long time. Um, basically, you'll see uh, like a picture of a of a bearded man. So that that'll be me. <laughs> um, he has a nice beard. <laughs> so um, I've got uh, probably like 20 or so videos. Uh, my my full length, I think five part um, testimony on my journey with pornography and the freedom from that is there. And uh, those, the Lord also led me to do a teaching on overcoming sin with scripture and basically kind of almost like breaking down the testimony further uh, with scripture and, um, and basically how you can have uh, applicable, actionable steps to do this yourself in your own house or in your car or wherever you're, you're listening to this. So yeah, you, that means you don't necessarily have to go to church to get freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, church is important. We know that, but yep. Jesus is everywhere and he can touch your heart at any time, any place. Yeah. I actually have- got, I got set free in my own home. So. All right. So let's start off. Just tell me, just describe your background. you know, like, where did you grow up? Um, and then, you know, what was your family life like? Sure. Uh, so I was born in Connecticut. Uh, so I'm a Northeasterner. Um, lived there for a couple of years, moved to uh, Puerto Rico for a whole year. Um, my, my heritage is Puerto Rican. I think by the time I was uh, eight or nine, uh, seven, I was about seven years old, I moved to Florida, uh, South, South Florida. And uh, was there for probably most of my life, uh, I think almost uh, 22, 23 years uh, before I moved up to uh, the Carolinas for uh, different uh, job placement. Um, I've been here in the greater Charlotte area since then, working in uh, IT and uh, got married here, had a son here. So, so that's kind of like a high level uh, of kind of who I am and where I'm currently at. So. Okay, cool. Now, what kind of family did you grow up in? It was, uh, both my parents and I just have one older brother, no other siblings and, uh, grew up going to church, uh, every Sunday, ever since I could essentially remember. And, uh, went to church in Connecticut, Puerto Rico, Florida here. Um, so basically just been, um, None of my uh, uh, parents were ministers, but we were just going to Sunday every uh, every week. So. so you would say they were more committed followers of Jesus. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what, uh, how would you describe the background? Would it be more conservative or, you know, lively, liberal? I mean, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, I would say definitely conservative. Uh, my parents really taught me really good, uh, my brother and I, really good morals and uh, treating of older people and, and uh, you know, how to treat, you know, women holding doors, things like that, chivalry stuff. And, <laughs> um, and uh, de- definitely, I would say a, a, good, a good upbringing. Okay. All right. So tell me when was the first time that you actually encountered pornography? My first encounter, I believe was in middle school. Um, I had this one, uh, like I didn't make a lot of friends. Um, I think because of all the moving that I've done early in my life, I think I moved Mm -hmm. eight or nine times before I was 10 years old. So Oh, wow. um, I and just this kinda, is like between, is this between like Connecticut and Puerto Rico and Florida? Is that yeah. what you're, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. About eight times. Yeah. Um, so think about like maybe six different schools. Um, uh, mm. so for me, I kind of got used to, um, not making long-term friendships at those times. So it was just kind of like, and for me, it didn't really bother me. I was just kind of like, okay, well we're going to just another school. Um, it affected more my brother. He was older, but for me, it wasn't too big of a deal. Um, anyway, so um, had really just had one friend uh, or maybe two in middle school. Um, I think it was in seventh grade. I probably was like 10 or 11 years old that uh, my my friend told me, hey, my parents just got and we're talking 96 here, 1996 or something. Okay. Um, we just got a brand new desktop computer. It's like, wow, you must have a lot of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing back in 96. Yeah. Um, they had their 56K modem and he wanted me to come over and check it out. So I come over and I remember, like, I remember it vividly that he was like, hey, come to my room really quick. And I barely got into his room and he just kind of takes out this printed picture that he got off of his new computer and new printer. Mm-hmm. Um, basically um, a topless uh, Hollywood actor at the time. And that just really set off this, like, like this wanting and hunger is like, Oh, like, you know, how can we get more of this? It was, it was almost like this, like door, this door was opened and it was just like, like, I just need to, like, we were just like, okay, we need to wait for his parents to leave so we can try to see what we can download off the internet and all this stuff. So I would say that's, that's my introduction into pornography uh, at that young of age. Okay. And then how did it kind of, so did you feel like you were kind of hooked at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I believe so because I, I think because um, my friend was he was Jewish and and I went to and I went to a church at that time, a local church, and I was part of a, a youth group, a really close knit youth group. But it it was just a part of my time in that church period where um at that time there really wasn't a lot of jesus jesus hungry friends mm-hmm. um we were all just kind of like we were moral nice people but you know we would watch our rated our movies we didn't see uh we would just try to sneak things through our parents even like on church grounds they would talk about like this hot girl that hot girl so there wasn't much sanctification in in the in the uh, arena of church friends that i had i was trying to get to your point i just kind of lost it there <laughs> apologies no. yeah no so now did the church you go to though did they mm-hmm. you know you said that it sounds like between maybe like between friends and family there wasn't much sanctification that was kind of what you mm-hmm. said but did right. the church did the church have any teachings about you know, holiness or anything like that, or they teach about, they even mention pornography. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, I think part of the problem also when I was young um, is that because being, being Hispanic, 
I went to a Spanish speaking church. I understood mm. maybe 40% of the words. Um, so I wasn't really fully understanding or really engaged in the sermons. Um, the only really English speaking content, like biblical teachings was during like Wednesday night youth group, you know, when we'd all get together on Wednesday nights and then, uh, was yeah. this in Florida? Yeah, this is all in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. So you were, you're, you're going to church on a regular basis. So you live in the U S so mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to have to speak English more and more. And that's kind of the, the language that becomes normal to speak. But within the church context, um, I don't know about your family, but I know sometimes in immigrant families, they still speak their native language. But in the church context, you're going to a church that primarily speaks Spanish. And that's you. How I mean, I mean, on a scale of one to ten, how versed were you in Spanish? Um, I probably had a conversational Spanish uh, speaking skills and probably intermediate understanding. I could write it a little bit because uh, I think I learned a lot of my my Spanish in Puerto Rico because I had to go to uh, elementary school there for a year. So I learned a lot of basic stuff. Um, but when it come down when it came down to um, you know the King James version of the Bible for me personally is hard enough to understand without a dictionary. But there's a Spanish King James version that just, it's even hard. It does not, it's not very easy to, to read, essentially. Okay. So we can just say maybe the language situation did not help the disconnection between yeah. you help understanding the gospel and mm-hmm. understanding the teachings and the scriptures. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now, how, you know, you, you mentioned the first time you mentioned you saw pornography was it with your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, how, what happened kind of later? Did this kind of progress? How did you find yeah. it? What was kind of, what was your search for it, you know, kind of going forward? Yeah. So yeah, it definitely progressed where um, with technology, it's a blessing and it could be a curse. Um, uh, websites, uh, pornography websites back then were all paid. Um, so any type of, nudity had to be either through a movie or it had to be through some uh i don't know if you remember the application uh at napster where um you basically it was like where you downloaded like pirated material like like uh songs and movies and it would take like a couple days to you know download um so you basically would you would uh download like for example uh, a metallica album for free and not uh, you don't have to pay for it. So, um, but in those types of software, you can download uh, music or movies or pictures, and you would do keyword searches, and boom, you've got oh. you've got a um, a version that is so free, freely open now that I think the statistic is something like you can take, it takes you 12 seconds to log in and see your first porn image before it was you're like talking about today. Yeah. You're talking about today, today versus back then. Yeah. I mean, cause you used to, I mean, I remember as yeah, kind of a teenager, there are certain video stores, you know, they had a room, right. You know, the weird room, you know, yeah. <laughs> video behind store. the curtains. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. had to actually walk into the, to there. And then I think I remember, Okay, they they did away with the room and then they put them on the shelf, but they covered them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, but you, yeah, still, it, you still had to actually go in though. Right. Pick up you, the video. You, and, you also have to show your ID that you were at seventeen or eighteen years old. So there was that. There was that. So it's just this progression, like over time, where pornography just became easier and easier and easier to get, and then it got to a point where. You, you're seeing terabytes of pornography material for free in high definition and like whatever your fancy is. So it, it's really it like, so when it's this progression, it really is because it just became easier to find. It wasn't this like, oh, my uncle's, like this is an example, but like my uncle's Playboy magazine under his, his uh, mattress, um, then maybe we can sneak by and whatever but like it just became it could be it just became so easy that 
um, it just fed into that addiction that I wanted more and more and more. And, and it, it, it got to the point where it's almost like um, the moment my, let's say my parents, if they left for vacation over a weekend, I'm trying to find as much material that I can essentially consume before they come back. So, okay. So now what about in between? So was this, did this become like a, like a daily thing or was it kind of more occasional or I kind right. of describe kind of the, how that went or what that looked like? So the progression became like, uh, whenever I went over my, my friend's house on Saturdays, essentially that, that was like, we, I, I would have like a little cache of images that I would print with using his printer, get like 10 pictures and then hide them in my pocket or my backpack, go back home and then have like a secret stash of pornography in my room. And then by the time I got to the point where later on, and we can get more into details of that later, um, of, uh, you know, me having my own computer that, that was where things really like how old, you, how old were you when you had you get your first computer um i was i would say about 19 or 20 years old at that time okay all right and then did it become pretty much all consuming at this point like daily mm-hmm. um it it became almost nightly um but it was more of like this weekend thing Because during the weekday when, you know, I worked at a warehouse job or I worked in somewhere where I worked, I got tired and my mind wasn't bored. My mind, like, it's just like, okay, I I went on and watched Netflix at the time or whatever. But during the weekend when there was not much to do, I'm like, okay, how can I, then like, that's when the door would close, the lock will go on and off I go. So. All right, then, so you're 19, you have this computer, so you're coming more entrenched in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about your, your spiritual life? Are you still going to church? I mean, what, is, what does that look like? Or do you have any type of relationship with the Lord? Right. So um, I was still going to church when I, I was heavily into pornography. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things like Saturdays, I would, you know, be ashamed of what I just saw. And then, um, you know, obviously the, and the enemy Satan's like, Hey, it's okay. It's only one, one video. And then once, once, you know, you consume that pornography video, then it's like, look what you did and look at how, how horrible of a Christian you are and all this stuff. And I would have to go through kind of like this cycle of like, okay, I need to say, I'm sorry to the Lord. I have to do this kind of like light or fake repentance of what I see it now. Um, so I can feel somewhat not ashamed going to church. And that, and that, and that got to a point where there was uh, actually uh, two years of my life where I completely just like on purpose walked away from the Lord because now not only was it pornography, but it was also, I was in a relationship with um, another, another woman at the time. Uh, when I was going to college, this is like, you know, years before I met my wife. So it was just like, it was not only just the addiction, but it was just like, I just like, I, I just gave up and I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired of fighting this addiction. I just need to like give up and, you know, put my hands up. And because I, there's not, I've tried everything and, and there's nothing really there to to help, help me anymore. So Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll, you know, start, you know, getting into uh, a little bit more of that and what led up to you being set free. Sure. Sure. All right. Welcome back to the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I have a special guest. It's Joshua Hoyos. He's been telling his testimony about how God set him free from pornography. How you doing, Josh? <laughs> I am doing very well. Thank you. Okay. But um, so you were telling your, your journey of how the Lord, you know, or how you kind of got kind of entrenched in pornography. Uh, 
And you, you mentioned on your testimony on YouTube that this kind of came to a point where your, your parents actually kicked you out of the house. Mm-hmm. So kind of what led up to that? And, you know, why did they do that? Why do they feel like they needed to, to do it? Sure. So I would say about a year or two prior um, where my, so just, just so good to give some context, my, my father actually, my biological father passed away from leukemia mm-hmm. uh, when I was, uh, I think, 11 years old. Um, mm. And uh, I think I was in my freshman or sophomore year. No, sorry. I was in seventh or eighth grade. And so I really think like this pornography came around as part of like me losing my father and then my mom remarrying about a year or two later. Um, so just so like when we're talking about high school, 17 years old, it's my mother has been still remarried with this, uh, uh, with my, was my stepfather that she's still uh, married to. They basically sat me down probably like 16, 17 years old. And, you know, cause he had a computer and I've, uh, and he's found out that I was, uh, trying to look for porn on his computer and he had this, uh, like, you know, zero, zero tolerance thing. So he's, he put like, uh, he password protected the computer. So I had no more access to the computer, which, which actually, uh, helped me, honestly, it helped me not have such an open door for pornography in uh, in the house. There was a time where uh, probably progressing another just a year, year and a half, he, you know, my stepfather came up to me and said, you know, hey, Josh, I think you've been doing a great job with, you know, not doing pornography and all this stuff. And I want to, I want to trust you again. So I'm going to go ahead and remove the password from the computer. And I chimed up and I said, actually, can you not do that? Because huh. I, I knew myself enough that if I have that blocker removed, I would automatically want to zoom, zoom to it, you know? And, but he was, he was adamant. He's like, no, no, like, I really want to build this trust. And I'm just like, please don't do this. But he, you know, it was one of those, like, he had the final say, so he removed it. And within two or three months, I logged on to a, you know, a website. It was like, this is probably when I was 19 years old, still living at my, at my, at my parents' apartment. I would say probably a couple of weeks after that, I come home from, from work. Uh, I'm still in my, my work clothes. I get sit down in the living room and they said, you know, we found that you're, you know, that you looked at pornography on my computer again. We told you that if this were to happen again, we would kick you out of the house. So it was literally right there and then that I had to literally like pack my, pack my, like whatever bags I got. I had to call a friend to come essentially help me grab some of my stuff um, because I basically was trying to look for a place, place to live that night, essentially. And that's basically where one of my best friends from high school was able to he set me up with his girlfriend or his fiance at the time's apartment to like basically sleep on her couch for like a night or two before I was able to talk to my brother that had already been moved out years prior um, and basically was living on his couch uh, soon after that. So that's, that's essentially how that whole events uh, unfolded um, with me getting uh, uh getting kicked out there so oh wow i mean how did that affect you i mean um yeah it it affected me deeply because my relationship with my stepfather was always uh combative Uh, we always we always Mm -hmm. like but it has there wasn't any type of physical violence between us it was just more like you know it, it was honestly my the first time of having this experience of a guy that and um, that he had a uh, um, an anger an, an anger issue. He had a temper. He had a short fuse. Um, he was a Christian, you know. Um, him, both him and, and my mother were uh, part of the worship team. And at that, there, we were we were going to a new church, uh, still still in uh, still in South Florida. 
Um, so they were active in the ministry. Was this a Hispanic church or did you move over to an English speaking church at this time? This was, uh, this is like American speaking church. They had like a, a Hispanic service, but it was a completely different service that we, we didn't go to. Okay. And then there was like, you know, I was able to listen to the sermons and, you know, obviously there was still this Wednesday night youth group gathering. It, it was just a lot of times where it was just a lot of broken trust. And then when I, when they were saying all these things about like, you know, how could you do this? And then how could you portray, portray our, our trust? And all these things that was very emotional at the time when they were essentially telling me that I couldn't live there anymore. Um, there was this like spiritual wall that ju- I, I literally felt come down and it was just like, okay, I just cannot trust my parents. Like, because what what was really interesting is that I always had this fear growing up of being homeless and it ended up my, ended up being my parents ushering in that action of that fear that I've had since I was a kid. So it was all of that that was really coupled into like, I just became distant and cold to my parents. Like I just didn't care. I like they were, they were, you know, saying all these things while I'm packing, they're coming up to me and saying all this stuff. My mom's crying. And I just, it it was such an emotional like wall that I just, I just did not care. Like you just kicked me out of your house. I don't have to listen to anything you have to tell me anymore. Like I don't care anymore. And so that kind of began, began my journey where I essentially had to be living with other people uh, at that point from the age of 19. So, um, so that, that was, that was, uh, that was very difficult. Um, And my, my brother's relationship with my stepdad was even worse. So, so that, that created a a barrier uh, of relationship with them even further because with my, with my brother being Hispanics is one of those things that it like, it's not, it's something that is uh, done very frequent or at all. And, and can I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I think one important aspect um, that my parents weren't just, it's not that they weren't caring or they didn't try. I, I think a lot of, um, and these were things that I've talked to my parents years after, mm-hmm. um, that we've really, uh, have our relationships have healed since okay. then. Wow. So, so our, our relationship now is completely night and day Jesus difference. Like I don't hate them. You know, it's just like, I, I talk to my stepdad. I actually, you know, go out of my way to talk to him where before, like, I would, you know, what's the new term today? Ghost them, basically just never answer his phone calls. So, but I, I think what, what they, they would go to the pastor at the time and they were looking for like, how do we help our son with this pornography thing? And the, their, their handle of this, which is not unique, was sharing the testimony of this one guy that, because of pornography and all this other stuff, he ended up going to jail because he ended up being some type of serial killer. Is this Bundy you're talking about? Um, I don't I remember. I don't remember it, his name, but I, but I, I, yeah, I, know, I know what you're talking about. This was like, you know, the, like, oh gosh, if you look at pornography, you're going to turn into this guy. It was right. Um, and, it, and it was like I, this I like remember. focus on a family or something Christian. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's, it is focus on the family, but it was, something. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but I do, I do remember hearing things like what you're saying that does ring a right. bell. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on. Cause sure. Okay. So your parents kind of kicked you out of the house. If I remember in your testimony, you ended up kind of in a relationship with a girl, uh, you kind of in a, you know, a prodigal son, but then you you do have you know you do have an encounter with Jesus and you have a brief period of freedom. Talk a little bit about that, and then talk about you know falling back in and what are the things you did to try to get help, but you felt like you know didn't work. Sure. So yeah, so there was a period where um, 
I, um, the, in, in those two years where basically I was just a literal prodigal son, it like where basically I just, you know, there's pornography, there was, you know, sex outside of marriage. There was just this woman that wasn't even a Christian. So it was just, it was just all of the bad, the bad, like <laughs> bad road, <laughs> every bad choice you can choose. Like I just went down there. Um, it got to the point, it just after two years of just not being in church and just um, having this conviction for those two years, because um, one thing that I truly understood at that time that like, once you give your life to Christ, it's really hard to run away from him because he, he's the lover of your soul. He loves you like, and he loved me. And, and let me share something. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Every single day of those two years, I heard, Josh, you need to come back to me. And that was Jesus saying that to me every single day. No matter what the day looked like, no matter how sinful I was in that day, in those two years, every single day, it's like Josh, you need to you need to come back to me. You need you need to you need to stop. You need to come back. And it was his voice of conviction, and that and that really just you know wore wore me down. Where I'm just like, okay, I needed to make um, active steps. Okay, I need to first break off my relationship with this with this woman. Number one, number two, I had to make this um, like action of like, okay, I really want to get away from this sexual sin that is just creating the, just this black hole of despair and depression in me. That's like, the more you get into it, the more you want the pornography and you get into more extremes and it just, then it becomes where you become so dissatisfied with something that would make someone blush. You're just like, I don't care. That's, that's not giving me my we consider like a high, you know? And so from there, uh, so I had to make a decision that, okay, I'm, I've got to make some active decisions to get out, out of um, pornography, go back to the church. And that's when I started going back to, to church with my parents. And then at that point, they were actually still going, they were going to a different uh, English speaking church. Um, in this is still in Florida um, where I really, just wanted to go in basically head first and just say, okay, Jesus, like, I'm like, just truly, I truly, I believe I truly had a repentant time at that time. And it, it, it was like a good year and a half where um, I had accountability. Um, you know, I had had Christian friends that had hearts towards God. I had mentorship um, that would point me in the right directions and help me stop making bad decisions. Um, had great teaching at the time. Um, I remember because there was such a void from sin that like I consumed two or three two-hour sermons per day because I was so hungry. And um, so it was in that one, one like that year and a half where I didn't have that desire to, to for for pornography. The the shift that, that essentially got me back into it was I, I had this mentality that um, uh, if you read your Bible enough, you read enough sermons, you're around Christian friends long enough, you don't go to any strip bars, you don't you know you uh, you put on uh, you know, uh, this, uh, uh, filtering software on your phone and on your computer, uh, I think is using uh, covenant eyes. It, it's a pretty popular one. And I paid for the membership to actually have the active filtering. So I, I really wanted to make sure I, I tried harder, but that that's where the, the problem was. I was trying not to get into back into pornography all this time for the year and a half. And I was successful in it. But it was out of my own strength and out of almost like religiosity. Like as long as if I did these things, if I always had these walls, these borders, think of like a, with bowling, when they put it in little bumpers, mm -hmm. as long as I have those bumpers, I'll be fine. 
But as soon as something else happened and those bumpers were not there and I had to fend for myself, that's where the enemy knew that there was still that, that hook in there to try to pull me back. And, that, and that's essentially when I got my, my own computer, um, I was doing so well. And then suddenly like it was an ad on a, on a non-pornographic website that I clicked on that ad and it led me essentially back into uh, pornography. It was, it was like a, an internet web page ad that literally got me back in. It was just like, boom. And, and it was just like, okay, I'm back in it. Did you go fully back in or was it, uh, I mean, kind of describe that briefly. Sure. So that, um, when, when I first did that after a year and a half, I was just like, Oh no. Like, so I like, I like ran to my, to my like mentor and, and confess what I did. And, um, he's like, Hey, like if this happened one time, like, like he, he, he definitely preached grace. It wasn't this like, Oh, you need to do these 10 Hail Marys or whatever. Like he, he, he guided me well, but then it got to the point where a month later it now it was two or three times. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to make these excuses. And then he was like, Hey, how about you go see, um, it was a pretty large church and they had every single ministry you can probably think of. Um, and they hold, they had the biblical counselors there. So he set me up with a biblical counselor and I would meet like once a week. And he gave me some, like this, this book material that, that helped. So but it was like, I didn't do the full book. And then I was like, okay, I should be fine and stop going to these counseling sessions. And then it, I think from like that, like between that point and the point where Jesus truly set me free in all that middle time, it was just a lot of like, like, okay, the Bible says I need to confess my sins. So I would, I would have my two or three friends that they knew about my, my, my struggle with pornography um, that I would confess to. Um, they had, they put me on uh, covenant eyes. Um, I got to the point where I said, okay, I can't have a smartphone. So I turned in my smartphone and I went back to a flip phone. So and, you, were, you were doing everything you can really think of, you know, right. as far as in principles, mm-hmm. which are important. I mean, we right. don't want to deny the importance of the principles uh, they're there for a reason, mm-hmm. but um, you kind of mentioned this, you kind of came into a place where that you kind of gave up or you kind of felt hopeless, mm-hmm. kind of describe that a little bit. Sure. Um, I think in all that time of like going to biblical counselors, uh, doing these um, uh, addiction or, um, or specific like pornography, like workbooks and workshops, um, and uh you know reading these books on uh being uh um having a, a purity back into your life with with the lord and all this having the accountability having you know friends that would check on you every other day did you have people checking on you every other day uh by text or phone yeah oh wow yeah yeah i i had really dedicated friends at that time where like they really they really cared they were really sincere and you know they were both christians and um and they would pray for me and we would get together like at least once a week and we kind of air out our sins to confess to one another we'd pray for one another and uh we try to ask questions say hey how can i help you for you not to do this because for my other friend it could be not pornography but it could be anger the other one could Mm -hmm. be like I, I really struggle with my relationship with my dad, you know, things like that or whatever. But basically I like, it's like, it's almost like I tried it all, but there was, there was always this, um, this notion of, uh, that I've had, um, that I, I never really had someone that truly looked in my eyes with agreement and said, you know what, Josh, like, you know, Jesus can truly break this off at that time even with my, with my friendships and Christians, 
I never really had someone tell me, it's like, you know, Josh, you know, like Jesus can take care of this. Right. And then you don't have these cravings or urges or, or addictions anymore. Right. I, I felt that in my spirit, like, I know Jesus can take this. I know Jesus can eradicate this. Like, like as I'm reading the word of God, I feel this, like at the time I didn't know that it was the Holy spirit saying, yes, Josh, we can do this, but I didn't have the people, the Christian people in my life that either believe that or simply said that to me, you know, I, I've actually uh, was told by, by, by some of these friends. And again, and this is not to demonize them. And that they said this out of pure sincerity uh, because I, I believe it got to the point where like, I was such a hopeless case <laughs> where they're like, we, Josh, we've tried everything. I don't know what to say or do anymore. And it really affected our friendships. And, and it's like, and then there's, you know, there's things I was said, like, well, maybe this is your thorn in the flesh. Now, is this why you're still in Florida? Have you moved to the Carolinas at this point? Uh, this is still in, still in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So let's make a, a point here. So you're kind of coming to this place where you're, you're hopeless. Okay. Yeah. You're struggling with these people. Your friends are kind of, they're not saying it. They're just kind of feeling this that, you right. know, you know, I don't know what's going on with Josh or what can help him. We can't do anything. Right. Okay. So you move up to the Carolinas, you meet Sarah, you, you get married. This is still something that you're kind of struggling with. And tell me, let's kind of get to, let's move on to that day mm-hmm. or that encounter that the chains were broken. Sure. Yep. So um, I just want to make the statement that being married and having what I call um, <laughs> legal sex before the Lord, <laughs> um, uh, is not a replacement to not to deal with pornography. So I'm going to make that statement to be said, just because you have uh, as a man or as a, even as a woman, you have that out to get your sexual releases intention out in a in a good way in marriage before the lord you know that that definitely helped for a season and i really believe that that's part of the enemy's tactics that he'll allow no temptations for a period to get you comfortable to do things in your own strength okay as long as i have sex with my wife i'm good there's no there's no the temptation's never going to be there with, with having like at home pornography and stuff like that it was you know within uh the year of marriage that like i started struggling with it started you know creeping its you know ugly head again and um you know obviously it was deeply affecting how my wife looked at me felt for me you know sex is a great thing but that it affects it affects like my wife was affected that she did not want to have intimacy with me because of of the pornography and um so at that point when i moved to the carolinas and you know married to her i was started going to her, uh, her church the church we're actually still going to and what jamie jamie's part of and it was uh, the two pastors there. Well, one's a pastor, one's uh, more like a, an apostle. And, and that's where they, they were two men in my life that looked me in the eyes and they said, Jesus can absolutely eradicate this sin from your life. You don't have to struggle with this. Is not, uh, you know, I feel like they need to say this. Pornography is not a lifelong sentence for whoever's listening to this. Um, it's not because it felt, it felt for me, like it was this lifelong sentence that I had to deal with and struggle with and end up like just any other person and, uh, be, be like in and out of this sin and then never having true freedom and never really being clean before the Lord, you know, going to the point where I was set free. It, it was this, um, what like uh, the pastor said, like, you know, like the Lord showed me this special way that um, 
can help you really break off um, where this sin came into your life. Um, because whenever there's addictions, there's always the beginning. Like we talked about in the, in, the, in the beginning of this interview, like my friend showing me that one picture of the Hollywood actor topless that opened the door for me. And he basically went through this exercise that you can, you can look up, up in, in my testimony on YouTube on my, on my channel. And it's basically saying like, you know, Jesus going back to that time and redeeming it with his blood. With, with the other, what I would consider the other leader of the church, who's more like an apostle missionary, he, he walks me through some, like a very coordinated uh, set of, of phrases to really deal with um, this demonic hold on me. Because as I talked to in my testimony on YouTube, like I literally felt this chain in my chest. Like I could feel it in my spirit. I didn't talk about it because of people would think I'm crazy or wouldn't believe me, but it felt like the moments I got that dart of, of a thought of a, of, of a naked woman, I literally felt as if there was this invisible line that went from my, from my chest and it literally ended at my phone or in my computer. There's been times where, um, I'm reading, let's say, just a regular novel, and I look over at my computer just completely off. And the moment I look at my computer, I looked at my smartphone, right there, I got that thought of like, ooh, you should go on this porn site. It, it was that instant, because the enemy knew me and knew my triggers. So the basically the session was like, like, like Jesus, take like break this literal spiritual chain off my chest that the Basically, the enemy didn't have to do much except pull on it. He pulled on it, and boom, I was like his little lapdog to pornography. And, 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 that, and, and all the failures and all, and all of the, the hurts that that does to people and relationships and my wife. Um, and when I went through that kind of breakthrough session, like, Jamie, I, 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 I like, when, when, I, when I say you can literally breathe better, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It was like, I felt that chain break off, fall to the ground. Um, Cause I was able to see this in, in like the spirit here. Um, and, and it was just like, Whoa, what was that? And I am not exaggerating when I said this, the weight of pornography that's been on me for at that time for 20 years or so, like 10, 15, 20, like, well, whatever the amount of time it was, there was like, wow, I've been carrying that weight this whole time. I felt lighter. Wow. And, and, and the true, the true test of this testimony was I was, uh, I was on the internet. I was doing some research and again, <laughs> just like the enemy, there was an ad on a website and I'm not even joking. The ad was on a Bible reference website. So just to be, just to clear up things, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an IT guy. So it's not that, that this Bible reference website was allowing this is that certain banner ads that you see on certain websites. Um, a lot of times they're managed by a service or a server that a lot of times these websites have no control over and they help pay for the website and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that that happens frequently, but that was, I really believe that bait that the, that the enemy was trying to do to get me back in. I saw it and I'm just like, eh, no. And it was, and, and like, and, and like, I was just like, Whoa, what just happened? It wasn't this like, like Jamie, I used to break out and sweat fighting the temptation not to go on, on a porn site. I used to have like sweat. It was such a like night and day difference, kind of like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. And there was absolutely no power in it. Before there was this literal tug of war with that chain. And I had to like fight for my for my freedom back. 
But once that chain was off, it's just like, oh my goodness, I can just say no, walk away, and not break a sweat. And 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 then from that point on, that was like uh, 2017. So I would say about five years or six years, whatever that amount of time is. Okay. Wow. Um, it, it it's still there. I I I still have that freedom. That chain is still gone. I don't have those like um, that pull to to uh, to send. And when I get those thoughts, it's not. I, I want to say this as well. It's not like temptations stopped. It's not like other women stopped looking attractive. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. That's an awesome testimony. So we have we have a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talked about how the chain was broken. You have this amazing, amazing freedom. And you're kind of saying it's not like you still have temptation, but it's different. You know, right. it doesn't, it doesn't have the same power. Right. So with these last couple minutes left, what would you say to someone? Like if you, if you, you know, if you had to give, you know, a one minute pitch, let's, let's kind of close it out with what would sure. you say to someone who might be struggling with this? I, I just want to I want to tell you um, number one um, if you're not if you're not a Christian and basically that is a follower of Jesus you know Jesus gave us um, uh, God through Jesus gave us the free gift of salvation you know so I, I just want to say first and foremost you're really only going to get true freedom with Jesus as as you just heard from me from, from like it, it's real. Secondly, like to speak to the Christian that's struggling with this or any other addiction, it's not a lifelong sentence. It's not um, something that you have to consistently struggle with, battle um, with your entire life. And when, like, if you're really serious about wanting this freedom, because you have to want it, because um, I, because that for me. I wanted it. I wanted free because I was so desperate mm. and, 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 and just listen to what God and what Jesus can, can be telling, can tell you to help you because there is hope. You can get set free. You can have your life back. So don't, don't let anyone tell you differently that this is a lifelong sense for you. Josh, thank you so much i just want to say that's an awesome testimony so one last point we cannot set ourselves free we need someone who is stronger than us someone who is stronger than the powers of sin and darkness we need a hero his name is jesus christ Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to this testimony of how Jesus Christ set Josh free from the power of pornography. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at the Jesus Freedom Podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook, the Jesus Freedom Podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.